All right. Well, we are in part number 13 of our Acts Bible study series, and this is the Acts of Jesus Christ through his apostles. And tonight, Lord willing, we're going to look at verses um, in chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 17 through 26. I know last week we looked at 12 through 18, but I want to back up a little bit and look at 17 and 18 and then on through verse 26 tonight, Lord willing. And I'm going to go ahead and read this text, and then we'll get right into the study. Acts chapter 5, start with verse 17. The Bible says, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth, and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The the prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within." Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the reading of your word tonight. Lord, thank you for the good spirit that's here tonight and for the the good uh, testimony we've heard lord i'm praying now that you help us as we try to preach god just to keep us hidden may you be revealed god may we just glorify you in everything that's said and done in jesus name we pray amen all right uh, i've titled the message tonight wonderful words of life and uh, last week like i said we look at verses 12 through 18 which uh, showed us the continuing uh, of the Holy Spirit working in his apostles. And we saw the miraculous healing that was being done. Pe- people were coming from all over the place to to uh, to be healed. They were full of diseases and devils and everything else. And some were even coming hoping to even get in the shadow of Peter, uh, hoping that that would get them healed if just his shadow overshadowed them. Well, the Bible said that all those people that came got healed. And so uh, we're thankful for that. And uh, we, we saw there were qualities of the early New Testament church that we found in that. And we discussed some of those qualities as we see in how it should be seen in the current New Testament church. The church that we have today, we should see some of those same qualities. And then we finished up by discussing how even though there were a lot of healings that took place, not everyone that was healed actually trusted in the Lord Jesus. Now there were many multitudes believed in Jesus all, after all this, but not everyone was saved, but they were healed. And so we pick up tonight where we left off last time with these religious leaders, specifically the Sadducees and the, and the priests, the chief priests and the priests, and they're highly upset over what the apostles are teaching and preaching. First of all, they're very envious of them, and that's what that indignation means. It means a zealous envy and jealousy. And so this is not just some little... You know, they, they got their feelings hurt. This is, they are deeply jealous of these men. 
First of all, because these men have a, a big following. Now, these, uh, these religious leaders like these Sadducees and the Pharisees, they desired to have everybody following them. They wanted the attention of people. In fact, they, they spent most of their life trying to make themselves look important in front of people. Standing in the street corners praying out loud so that everybody could hear them, you know. Going down to the temple to pray and, God, I'm glad I'm not like this publican over here, you know. They wanted everybody to see them, follow them, and be thought of something else. And so when they see people following after these uneducated men, these apostles, they become very jealous because they want that attention. They want the power that these men have too. They don't have the power these men have. Uh, you don't see where Sadducees and Pharisees are going around healing people, calling out devils and things like that. You don't see that. But you do the apostles. And so they are very jealous. It said in verse 17, The high priest rose up, and all they were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. So they're so upset. And they're upset for a few reasons. Not only are the apostles getting all the attention, getting all the people following after them, but they also are teaching things that they don't believe in. They don't believe in the resurrection, and that's the number one thing they're preaching. They don't believe in angels, and they mention angels. And we're going to see tonight an angel is mentioned again, which I believe is kind of funny considering who we're dealing with. But it's too bad that these Sadducees and religious leaders didn't spend more time trying to find the truth out. Why didn't they spend more time going and speaking with these apostles and learning what they're teaching and, and uh, you know, getting on the same side? That's one of the problems today with, with religious places. People are, are, you know, we feel like we're uh, the enemies of somebody else. Uh, it's like one church is, is, you know, against another church or one faith against another faith. And, and so we spend all of our time with struggles, you know, and fighting against each other and all that stuff. Listen, we need to keep the truth out there in the front. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. If we'll keep that number one thought in our minds and just think about him, preach about him, teach about him, be concerned about him, and all these other things will work themselves out. There's no sense for this righteous indignation that we see going on in religious groups. But that's how these religious people worked in the days of Jesus. They still do that same thing today. Now, like I said, they don't believe in several things, and we're told this later on in the book of Acts, the, these Sadducees. In Acts 23, 6 through 8, we're told of some things. It says, But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, of the hope and the resurrection of the dead. I am called in question. And when he had so said, there arose a dissension among the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. And so there you see how they butted heads too. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were against each other because the Pharisees believed in resurrection. They believed in angels, but the Sadducees didn't. And when Paul, he says, well, you know, I believe in it. I'm a Pharisee too, but I believe in the resurrection. And so then they had a big tussle there around Paul and uh, but these Sadducees they don't believe in those things and so it kind of gives you an inside uh, information from the Bible of why they acted the way they did so it wasn't all just because of jealousy but it was because they didn't believe the same way look at verse 18 and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison and so the Sadducees have the apostles arrested again, and this time they lock them up in the common prison. 
Uh, before, they were just under kind of house arrest there where the first time they called them back, you know, Peter and, and John. But now we're talking about all the apostles. They've got them all. They, and they've put them in this common prison. A common prison is considered a public prison. And so that's where anybody that was committing a crime would have been sentenced to, to be. It's not a private holding room of any uh, such sort. But they put them in the general population. Maybe they thought they would, it would teach them a lesson to be in there if all the other hardened criminals, I don't know. Uh, they might have been murderers and rapists and thieves and everything else in the common prison. I don't know who was in there besides them. Uh, but it was also more secure and guarded there in the common prison. So it wasn't like they was just going to get to walk out, is it? Not, not usually, but we see that that's exactly what happens. And so they thought they had them locked up there tight. Look at verse 19. But, and I always love it when I see a but in the Bible because I know it's contrary to what most people think is supposed to happen. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, all right, we'll stop right there for a second. And so here they thought, we've got these guys, these apostles, we've got them locked up now in the public prison, and boy, we'll take care of these guys tomorrow. Well, not so fast. The angel of the Lord is involved. Now, we're not told a specific name for this angel other than an angel of the Lord. It could have been a general messenger angel. That's what angels are. They deliver messages. Uh, but he's been sent by God to release these apostles from prison. Now, one of the things you've got to understand when you're looking at the book of Acts at that early church, sometimes you see God do great things to, to help the church out like this. He's just going to open prison bars and, and let the, the preachers go. But sometimes that, that doesn't happen. Sometimes he doesn't act that way. We see, you know, if you look at the history of the, the disciples, the apostles, you'll find that most of them was martyred. Most of them were, were killed in, in terrible, horrible ways. And so it wasn't every case that God said, I'm just going to send a, an angel down there and, and let you out. And so, you know, God, uh, God works how God works. Our thoughts are not his thoughts and his ways are not our ways and uh, we may not understand it all right now, but one day our faith will come to sight and we'll understand things and we'll see them how they are. But uh, uh, here this angel of the Lord, he did just like uh, he did with Paul and Silas. You know, he didn't shake the bars and such, but he, but he let them come out. Uh, didn't cause a great earthquake, but he sent an actual angel to do the job. And there might have been a reason for that because the Sadducees don't believe in angels. So maybe he said, well, you know what, I'll just send an angel down there and let the guys out. Uh, we don't know that they saw this angel of the Lord because they obviously thought the apostles were still locked up when they went to go get them. And so it obviously they hadn't seen him. The, the, you know, angels a lot of times appeared as men in the Bible. You see, they, they appeared as a man. They can take on the appearance of, of one. And so God sends this angel. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to John MacArthur. Some people don't like him. I do. I believe he's a real smart man, and uh, I was listening to one of his sermons from 1972, and he had a comment on this. I'm going to read it to you. I thought it was pretty fair. He said, uh, this is the most defiant kind of miracle. You see, God didn't use an earthquake, and I'll tell you why. The Sadducees had two theological doctrines that set them apart. Number one, they did not believe in the resurrection. What was it that the disciples were preaching all over everywhere? The resurrection. That's what burned them so much. There was a second thing they didn't believe in, and that was angels. They'd always taught that there was no angels. So God very defiantly says, okay, angels, show them. 
So this angel comes down and opens the place and lets them out. And so the very being they denied God defiantly used to release to preach the very doctrine they didn't believe. Now that's what's known as defiance. And so the angel lets them out. (laughs) That was a pretty good explanation uh, Johnny Mack gave there. All right, look at verse 20. Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Now, that's the angel telling the apostles what to do. He says, you go. Now, these are very significant uh, instructions the angel gives him. Go back to the scene of the crime, he says. Back to the scene of the crime. Most people would have preferred not to go back to where they were arrested at. Uh, How many uh, uh, car uh, thieves do you see go back to the, the scene of the crime? You know, if they get caught and put in jail, they're going to go back to the same car and try to steal it again. I don't think so. And so most most criminals try to avoid. They're not criminals, but most people try to avoid places where they just got in a lot of trouble. But the angel of the Lord tells them, go right back where you were at, and I want you to preach. And he tells them what to preach. All the words of this life. Uh, listen, the Lord does work in mysterious ways, doesn't he? And, you know, uh, unlike most Christians today, the early believers were not afraid to step out and do what God told them to do. Nowadays, if, if God had told somebody in an audible voice to go back to a place where he was just run off or made fun of for being a Christian or, or had a Bible tract smacked out of his hand by some smart aleck, and if the Lord had told that person, you go back right back over and do it, most people said, no, there ain't no way I'm going back over there. But uh, that's one difference between the early church and the church of today no backbone a lot of people just jellyfishes when it comes to uh doing things for the lord and so listen (laughs) despite the trouble it may cause uh, we're to to act out how the lord tells us to the angel tells them to speak all the words of this life now what's that mean well it's the life in jesus christ it's what he's what the angel tells them to, to preach Apart from Christ, we're all dead in our sins. And so uh, the Lord is the giver of eternal life. And so the teaching of the gospel and the preaching of the gospel, of the good news, that Christ came to save us from that eternal death that we're all destined for without Christ. And so what's the words of this life? The words of this life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Go out and teach all the people. Preach all the people about Jesus. And so, listen, of all the apostles, uh, Peter understood those words of life, if anybody did. Uh, listen to what he said when, uh, to Jesus when Jesus asked him if he would go away. Remember this scene? All the people are around there, and they get offended at Jesus because he said, you've got to drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. And all these people said, we ain't doing that, and they all left. And uh, the Lord looks around at Peter, and he says this in John 6 and 67. Jesus uh, uh, then said, Jesus, unto the twelve, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. You see that? Peter said, thou hast the words of eternal life. Peter understood that. Uh, Sure, uh, later on, Peter would deny Christ three times in his weakness, in his flesh, he sinned. But we know all along that that Peter knew exactly who the Lord was. He knew he was the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was the Savior of of all men. He said, thou hast the words of eternal life. Where else can we go? We're not going to hear it from anywhere else. The world sure is not going to give us the words of eternal life. You go out there in this world and talk to people that are not Christian. They don't have the words of eternal life. 
it's all death. It's, it's, it's damnation out there. In the next chapter in John, Jesus said this. John 7 and 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And Jesus, he's always said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He is life. And so what did the angel of the Lord say? He said, go stand and speak in the temple of the people all the words of this life. Now there's a, a good old hymn by Philip Bliss. Uh, it usually says P.P. P. Bliss up there at the top. 1874. And it goes like this. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. That's about as close to a godly hymn as you can find. Singing about the Lord and those words of life. And so these words of life the apostles are instructed to, to speak is the life that only Jesus Christ can give to us. Now look at verse 21. <clears throat> and when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. You know, when I read the Bible, a lot of times I, I put myself in it uh, a lot of times i'll close my eyes and try to listen to the sounds that might have been going on and try to imagine what it was like on that day the, in the morning these apostles they do exactly as the angel lord said and they said let's go to the temple we're going to the temple we're going to teach the people and that's what they did but i can just in my mind's eye in the background i'm seeing all these these uh, religious nuts over here, they're all gathered up in another place and they're still angry and they're seething and they're talking about how they're going to get them apostles up there in, the, in that room and you know all this stuff. Go get them out of that prison. I, and all that mess going on. Here you have these apostles over here just wanting to tell the people about the Lord Jesus and help them out. And you got these angry religious nuts over here on this other side. Don't care a thing about it could care less about God, could care less what these apostles are doing. You see the difference between religion and the Lord Jesus Christ? It's a big difference. Big difference. And so the apostles do exactly as the angel instructed. They return to the scene of the crime. They begin speaking the words of life. And meanwhile, the high priest, the Sanhedrin court, they're all assembling for a trial. They're were, they were ready for a court case so they can decide what to do with the prisoners. And so they send a guard to retrieve them from the jail. I can see all these guys. They think they're so important. No doubt the high priest is decked out in his finest robe. And the, the Sadducees and then the Pharisees and the, the Sanhedrin, they're all gathered around showing how important they are. And they're around the table. Guards, go get the prisoners. I can see it now. Verse 22. But when the officers came 
and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. <laughs> well, obviously, the, when the angel of the Lord released the prisoners, no one in the prison was aware of it. The guys at the door were still at the door, like nothing had ever happened. I don't know if they were asleep or what. But they're at the door, guarding the door, like they're still, the apostles are still in there. And so this is another miracle that God has wrought here. They, they just walked out, escaped without even being seen. And uh, much like we see in Acts 12, when Peter again, he's arrested. And even though he's chained between two soldiers, the Lord walks him right out of there, right, right beside them soldiers. Uh, but the angel of the Lord frees Peter without them even knowing it. And so there we see how the Lord is working in this. Look at verse 24. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Now that verse right there you may think is a little confusing when you read it, mainly because that word doubted. But what it means that the, these men, these high priests, the captain of the temple and the chief priests, they were perplexed about what was uh, going. To, this was going to result in. That's what it was. They're doubting whether what they're doing or what their intentions are, are are going to be the right thing because they're realizing they're dealing with something much, much bigger uh, here than just a couple of preachers stirring up trouble or, or 12 apostles stirring up trouble. Uh, it's much bigger. And so now they're getting worried. Guys, I can see them now looking at each other. Now what? Now what? Verse 25. Then came one of them, one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. So obviously these guards that went to find them and they wasn't there, now they're searching the grounds. You know, they're looking all over the place. And they're, they're like, let's go look in the temple. That's where they were last time. Sure enough, they go in the temple, and there they are again, standing up there teaching and preaching to the people, and their people standing there listening to them. And so they're, they're like, go tell them, go tell them, guys. So another guy comes there, you're never going to believe this, but they're back in the temple. They're teaching and they're preaching again. <laughs> and so, uh, wow, um, that's something. Look at verse 26. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. All right. So now they're going to tread very lightly here. First of all, this has gotten way, way over their heads. Something's going on. They know it. They're not quite sure what it is, but it's obvious that God's got something to do with it. They're not admitting it right now, but they're going to in just a little while. Next week, Lord willing. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, they know this is going to be big. Word has already gotten out. The, the apostles have been arrested, but they, they're out of prison now. Somehow they escaped and right out from under the noses of the guards and everything else. Uh, there's people already gathered around the temple. And they're listening to these preachers preach. And uh, so they got to be careful. And so they don't go in there this time with with angry guards and grabbing them by the arms and rashing them out. No, they, they come and brought them without violence. In other words, they come up to him and said, please, Mr. Apostle, would you please come back with us? <laughs> and so uh, they got to be very careful. They, they're afraid of the people. Do you see that? For they feared the people. They knew when the people understood this was of God, and here are these men that are supposed to be working for God, arrest them, 
and are, is violent, violent to them, uh, these people are going to get upset. They're not going to let this go. And so they're afraid for their own life because it says, lest they should have been stoned. This was so important. They knew the people were going to get riled up. They're going to start grabbing rocks and slinging them. And so they certainly don't want to cause a riot or even worse, be stoned to death for going against these men of God. Uh, things could very quickly get out of hand. And boy, they can, especially when there's a lot of people involved. For you know it, you've got a you've got a riot on your hands. You've got people stomping each other and throwing rocks, and uh, that would have been a, a bad mess. And so they brought them without violence, meaning they probably took them aside, talked to them, asked them if they'd please come and explain what all was going on. Uh, but they couldn't lay their hands on them like they did that first time, out of uh, you know righteous indignation or whatever it is that they were trying to do. All right, I'd love to keep going on this tonight, but I want to stop there because uh, uh, this next part where Peter makes the case for them, uh, and they, they stand up in their face, and boy, the, he don't hold back uh, despite everything that's going on, and uh, that's an important passage that I want us to look at closely next time, and we'll just stop off right there. And uh, before we go to the Lord in prayer, I do want to mention some folks 